You're listening to Clock Radio Speakers with Armand and Doc. This week's episode is split into two sides. This is Side A. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Clock Radio Speakers. I'm your host, Armand Wake Up. You can follow me on Twitter at Armand Wake Up, A-R-M-O-N-D, Wake Up, all one word. ClockRadioSpeakers.com is powered by Tumblr. You can find our SoundCloud there, our iTunes, our Facebook, our uh, LinkedIn, <laughs> our what else? Our t- no, we don't have. We do need to get on Tinder. We're not getting on Tinder. We need to get on Tinder. Listen, man. Listen, man. You don't think single people listen to Clock Radio Speakers? You don't want to reach that demographic? I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> Just I hate to break it to you. I don't think that's how Tinder works. (laughs) New episode of Clock Radio Speakers. Swipe to the right. Which ones is it? Left, right? Which one's the good one? See, I don't know. I'm old, man. The kids are out are are outpacing you right now. Listen, man. When 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 my well, a, a couple friends of mine try to show me Snapchat and reasons why to get on there. When I get a headache from watching somebody like show me an app. That just lets me know I have no business being on there. There's one reason why you might consider as somebody older. You are in your 30s now, correct? Yes. Right. There's only one reason why you should consider Snapchat. Why? His name is DJ Khaled. You know. He's making a compelling argument for at least honestly get the app just for him. He's reinventing himself as a social media person, which is. He totally is. Which is a a second act for, for Khaled that I really the third act that I just never anticipated. Yeah. Yeah, with, with a future yeah. fourth act as a motivational speaker, like I'm, I, I'm, I'm prepared for anything with the DJ Khaled experience right now. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, honestly, they'll just end up on YouTube. Somebody compile them all together and make a DJ Khaled Snapchat compilation, and I'll find it there. It's. I think it's more about, and this is to echo something you've been saying all year, but it's about the moment. Sure, sure. I, I will. I will watch that moment on DVR. <laughs> See, DVR. Who who has do people still have DVR? Like I, I actually don't, don't. I mean, I don't have DVR. I, I don't even have cable. I'm like, what? Yeah, I don't even have cable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. That yeah. Uh, so but where, yeah, where can people follow you? Did you did you? I did say that, okay. but I didn't say the official Twitter uh, handle for CR uh, for Clock Radio Speakers, which is at CRS Podcast. And where can they follow you at strange person who hasn't introduced themselves yet? Uh, this is this is Doc, everybody. You can follow me on Twitter at Doc underscore Beats, S not a Z. And as always, shout out to our people at 4th District. Um, I got a new uh, political podcast I'm on now. It's called, do I even know the, it's called Plead the Fourth. Plead yeah, the Plead Fourth. the Fourth. I actually like that name. Yeah. Well, I came up with it. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah, we were trying to figure out names at the last minute. And I was like, I was like, how about this? He was like, yeah, let's do it. I plead the fourth. <laughs> One, two, three, four, fifth. fifth. I need to, I, I might do that this weekend. I might binge on Chappelle's show. They're all on either Netflix or Hulu. I can't remember. Um, I don't think, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't had Netflix in a while, but I remember Netflix last I heard, they lost their contract with Viacom, right? So that was like Nickelodeon, oh, Comedy Central, MTV, like everything. But it might be on Hulu. I don't know. I don't, I, one of the two has like everything. So. I think it's who I mean because I mean Hulu had the freaking Jackson Five cartoon and Rocky and Bullwinkle. They had everything. Jackson Five cartoon. Great, great cartoon. Great cartoon. You know what? You know what cartoon did not age well? What's that? Heath Heathcliff. Does that surprise you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was. It's. It's. It was bad. A lot of those '80s cartoons is cheap animation. Yeah. It was really just like. 
you know, they were just trying to get money out of kids. It was really cheesy dialogue. They would throw things like sunglasses and hats and neon colors to get us to be like, oh, this is cool. And then a slang word here and there. It was, it was all bad. It was all bad. Slang editorial? Uh. Explicit <laughs> material. I, I forgot. Explicit material. My bad. My bad. I'm out. Wow. I'm, You're slipping. I am slipping. I'm falling. I can't get up. Um, Have you been paying attention to this whole, all this Wu-Tangery that's going on or nah? The the fact that the one unique album that they had, the, the unique copy that they were selling, they sold to the pharma, pharmaceutical uh, idiot, we'll call him. Who uh, you talking that whole, whole that whole story? Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> this is a whole. This is this is a dumb idea anyway. Like, I, this is the problem, right? Like, you want to go like cater to extremely rich people? Well, now you know. All of a sudden, now it matters who buys your album, right? Right. Like, it, if pharmaceutical idiot is one of like five hundred thousand people who buy your album, who cares? But right. When you're sort of, you know, if you're making music for the rich, essentially, and all of a sudden this guy who's essentially like your your patron, right, at this point, is it turns out to be, you know, a complete like monster of, of sorts. Right. You know, doesn't reflect too well. It sort of looks, uh, I don't know. I don't think this was the, I don't think these were the headlines that RZA had in mind when him and, and Silver Rings probably masterminded this. And everybody else in Wu-Tang's like, oh, God, <sighs> just go away already. <laughs> B O B B. No. Digital. Digital. Sorry, Bobby. Um. Yeah, yeah I don't know. What do you think about all that? I, I honestly, I haven't really been on Twitter much this month, so I've, I've just kind of seen blips of it. Um, I really don't. I really is there don't. any chance that the album is actually good? No. Oh God. You know what? Let me hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, okay. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me say something. Yeah. Tell me why you're mad. It's about it's my fourth album. That's fine. It really is about to be, but like, so I was I was out this weekend, and uh, you were in these streets. I was in these streets mm-hmm. as I as I do for time from time to time. I was in these streets, and uh, I ended up at a spot. And you ever like first off, I forget this how I, I this is how I know I go. I'm always out, but I never go anywhere. Um, so I ended up at this bar and. You ever like had the hip hop conversation, like debating hip hop in a bar with like loud music playing? I forgot about that whole art of hearing somebody, not really hearing somebody and just kind of nodding their head and giving eye contact because you kind of know the gist of what they're talking about. But you can't hear every word and you don't want to have them like repeating themselves. Um, so the conversation, of course, clock radio speakers gets brought up because we we have fans and we appreciate y'all. And uh there was a guy who who was kind of complaining about the state of hip hop and da da da, and another guy was like, "Yeah, you should listen to Clock Radio speakers because they hate everything. You no, like hold it? On. Hold exactly, on. exactly." And I said, "And I'm, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you get a couple bars off. I'm, I'm gonna take a couple bars off and let Jess live." But we just came off of an episode where I said that the Rick Ross album might crack my top ten because I really, 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 really liked it. But that gets ignored because we don't like anything. That gets old after a while. I'm not going to front. You know what it is? It's we don't necessarily like the albums that there's this like emerging category of old man rap head. They all they're going to talk about Logic's album. They're going to talk about it's old man rap. Maybe Pusha T's album. Pusha Push is in that category. Push yeah. is in their category right now. They're going to talk about Lupe having a comeback year. These are not these are not uh, conversations I'm having with people, right? I 
like I'm sitting here this this summer I was talking about like Travis Scott's album, right? That I really like. Like it's not like we it's not like we're sitting here hating on albums. The the problem is is there and I I, I want to blame Ebro for this because I want to blame Ebro for everything. Um, <laughs> you know, you and I sort of had a a, a whole private w- w- was private and then we sort of tweeted about it because it was hilarious. Like you were getting me riled up <laughs> at like nine a.m. in the morning. I was. Um, it was it was very funny. Um, <laughs> like. The the clip of of Ebro going after the folks was it Complex for putting Ray Ray Shremmerd at uh, number three for their albums of the year. Yeah, and I was just like, <sighs> so I get it. Like their album is not you know breaking any ground, but right. it was actually well done. It was and enjoyable. It was enjoyable, and there were records on there that people would want to play and then yep. hear again. And that is more than you can say for a lot of albums from some people's heroes. Absolutely. And that's really unfortunate, but like, <laughs> these are your, I know these are your heroes, but like, <laughs> they don't know. have it. They don't have it. Right. You know what I mean? And we're not always perfect. Like there are people who we will like carry a torch for, you know, and this push album, we're going to talk about it later. Like this is, a, this is, I have complicated feelings about this album because I have been captain of the, the push a T bandwagon for as long as it has existed. Yeah. Right? right. Yeah. For you, for a very long time, it was Joe bargain bitten buttons. <laughs> why why'd you have to throw the shot why you throw the shot come on man um but but you know slander you know I mean? aside you 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 bring up a very interesting point because with joe's album that just came out this year uh was it all all love loss um it was it was good but i'm just done with that idea mm. and i think that is going to that sort of now that you've mentioned it sort of reminds me of you know what we're going to talk about later in the show. Um, go ahead. I think there is room in hip hop and really any sort of art that you talk about or any sort of thing in life. There's room for shades of gray, right? It's not just it's either traditional, quote unquote, hip hop, real lyricist, or it's this turn up that the kids that the kids like. It's like it's more complicated than that. Yeah. Right. Or I hope it's more complicated than that. I hope my my options for the future aren't no pun intended future clones over you know, whatever next Metro Boomin clone I'm going to have to listen to, or right. on the other end of the spectrum, somebody whose Jansport is so tight that they have lost blood circulation. Like I, I want there to be more than that. And I feel like there is this emerging, like, I don't even know what the term is. There is like a consensus that is sort of emerging amongst fans. Many of whom I'm not even trying to diss our fans. Like I know some of these people, like some, this, this might describe some people who listen to this show or people who follow us on Twitter. Like there is like, it doesn't have to all be, I just want my lyrics, or it doesn't have to all be, I'm just trying to turn up in the club. Like there is music, rap music should be more complicated than that. There should be more things in the middle. Does that make sense? Agreed. I'm sort of scattered here in my, in, in my, in my argument, but like, I just like the shorthand for it is like old man rap head. It's like, grumble, grumble, where are my lyrics? You know, it's like, just, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know what, you know what, like, I was I was randomly listening to like some I don't know some like '90s playlist to some stuff because that's how I know I'm old, right? Is I'm like, yeah, I want to listen to like '90s stuff right now. It's like, well, that that happens to be that happens to me a lot these days. That's been my 2015. Right, right. Like I have a playlist I'll put on like when if I'm like working if I'm like lifting in the morning, like you know, I'm not listening to Turn Up when I'm trying to lift. I'm putting on like Friend or Foe Part Two. Like I have this whole playlist that's just like. Basically, it's a lot of 90, 96, 97 J and, and Biggie, right? Yeah. It's a lot of that because that's what I want to hear, you know? Um, uh, what was I? Oh, so I was listening to some, some random 90s stuff 
And like, if you go back and listen to a lot of the records that we all listen to, there was a lot of like all the so-so deaf bass stuff. There was like, there was other sorts of music that we all listened to that wasn't serious. It wasn't, you know, it, it, it didn't have a message or a purpose. It wasn't J like you could listen to Jay and Nas on one end of the spectrum and then go listen to my boo. Like that yep. was okay. Yep. Right. There's rooms, for, there's room for all types is what Absolutely. I'm trying to say, you know? And Absolutely. I feel like a, for some people who are of our, you know, our age or a similar sort of in this generation, basically if you came up with nineties hip hop, like I feel like there's this sort of group think that's happening where it's like some artists are like, yeah, they're still doing it. It doesn't even matter if they're doing it well. They're just right. still doing it. Mm-hmm. It's amazing that a lot of these old man rap heads that you referred to, they almost feel guilty about liking the other side of the spectrum. Mm. You know, where we could listen, we could like a, you know, we'd make a mixtape and it would have AZ on it, but it would also have Ghost Town DJs. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like my boo would be on there and, 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 Do- and Doa Dye would be on there. But nowadays it's like, you can't, if you say that you like the Ray Shrimmered album, and look at me pronouncing their name correctly. I, it's finally happened. It only took finally, a year? The entire year, <laughs> yeah. So you can, when you listen to a Ray Sherman album, there's almost a guilt that they speak about the album with. Like, I, I, I actually liked it. Well, I mean, what about it says you're shocked that you like it? Mike Will is a great producer, um, and they have shown time and again that they know how to craft hits. Now, we're not sitting here. Every single book that I read, every single website that I go on, Everything that I partake in in my day is not deep and philosophical. Sometimes I want to hear sermons and great podcasts about life and about God and about, you know, financials and all this other stuff that as an adult I need to know. But sometimes I like to enjoy myself and just have uh, recreation, (laughs) recess, as the kids would call it. And there's nothing wrong with liking math class, but also liking recess. But they, a lot of the old man rap heads, they seem to feel a certain way about liking to go outside for 45 minutes a day and play recess. Like, it's just, it's just crazy. Like, it's okay. And, and even if you think that the example of, you know, if you listen to this and you're thinking, okay, well, you know, like records like Ghost Town DJs, like My Boo, like that's an R&B record, right? Okay, well, look, like in 96, Busta broke through as a solo artist with... Wuha, I got you all in check. And then his second single was with uh, Jeanne, It's a Party. And right. neither of those two records were lyrical, schmirical. Those were party records. But Busta Rhymes isn't a lyrical, schmirical. Right, but he's also not. Even in those down, Right, right. But I'm saying he was also not, you know. Right, right, DJs. right. So there's room for other stuff out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. you're also, you're, you're talking to the man who owns a DJ Cool album. Like, you know, we've all made <laughs> mistakes. <laughs> chill man because you know what let me clear my throat is a classic record it's just the Do horn I, it's the horn it. i mean come on okay listen 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 yeah middle school dances that joint used to go middle school dances in the 90s were full of records that you know would be the sort of the i mean look shaggy boombastic like <laughs> oh my god no here here's People the song love that record they they did love it shaggy had a few records Here's the record they used to run my middle school dances. Okay. Freak Nasty, The Dip. The Dip. Everybody did The Dip. And the and Tootsie Roll. And Tootsie Roll, yep. There was uh, a whole like category of these, like, which we, at the time we called them, it was like bass music. Yeah. What you wouldn't, like, 
which sounds kind of weird now, but like it was all the 69 boy stuff, quad CD DJs, yep. so, so deaf bass all stars. There was always, and then eventually like there was like shorty swing my way. Like there was always a, there was always one of those songs that was out. I was on the radio yesterday. Yep. Which one? Uh, shorty swing my way. KP right. Navy. Right. The so, remix. The remix. The remix. Remix is great. Remix is great. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, nothing. I mean, just to say that, I think they echo what you're saying. Like, you know, part of it is there used to be more dividing lines. Like the 90s were really, you and I have talked about about this in the show, like at length. The 90s is when you really started to see R&B get that heavy hip hop influence. And in the 20 years since, the lines have really obviously blurred dramatically. Yeah. Right. Where Mm -hmm. someone like Drake obviously is a great example of let's really blur those lines. Right. So it, it... it's one of those things where now that the lines are so fluid, like when I hear Ebro basically say, well, those Ray Schremer kids, they didn't write their own stuff. But you know what? They actually know how to rap. Like, yeah. and that's an interesting conversation. It's like, well, look, okay. First of all, they're really young, but like, it, the, I don't think the songs are as good because we're nostalgic for, for, for that era. But like, compare them to like Criss Cross, right? Don't do Probably it. didn't write their own stuff. Had a hit Definitely producer did. who did all their stuff for them. Yeah. Had a had a bunch of singles, right? The, yeah. I know. I'm not trying to call Ray Shrimp. No, no, no. Cross, you're right. But like, you're right. You're right. right I, get but, what, I get what you're saying. Right. But you know what? I mean, they're like, they're, they're really young. And, but you know what? Like, they can rap. Now. And I've never heard, like, I, I don't know who wrote it for them. I don't think, like, he was basically trying to say Mike Will. I don't think Mike Will wrote everything for them. That seems now, a little crazy because has Mike Will ever written for, like, Mike Will doesn't rap. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, but I, I I've heard that he did a lot of writing on that uh that Miley Cyrus album too. Well, that, again, that's R and B, like that's a little different. But no, I hear right. you. I mean, but I'm I'm sh- I'm sure I'm sure Mike Will has a team, right? If he's if he's smart, he keeps all that money in house. Right, 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 right. So like all that to say, to me, that'd be like Criss Cross was what ninety two, ninety two. Yep. So uh, I'm trying to think what else was was ninety two. Chronic. Chronic was ninety two. Right. Yep. So if Chronic is my number one album in ninety two. And I'm a like a music, and I'm talking about a music at this. At, so '92 would have been a magazine, right? Like, and vibe is the vibe in the '90s is probably the closest comparison to complex in the in the in the, in the, in the twenty in 2015 in terms of like the scope of music that they cover, right? I don't yeah, think, vibe yeah. wasn't really out at that point. But so imagine a vibe in '92, like if they have Chronic as number one, but then they have you know Crisscross at number three. Does anybody really care? Yes, <laughs> and that's why, and that's why people. All there, that's why there's always this outrage whenever a major media outlet puts out a list. They want you to get outraged. But that that's the thing, though. So here's my question. Okay. We, we're all Has, over the place. I can't believe I just compared Criss Cross to Ray Schremmerd. You did. I'm you getting, did. I'm going to get... <laughs> I'm going to get... I'm going to get... Uh, I don't even know. You're, I'm, I'm showing a lot of restraint because you're talking to a Criss Cross stand, buddy. Um, my question is, is when these lists originally came out, and I'm just going to start with, you know, the source, vibe, et cetera, et cetera. Even, even a little further down the line, so when Blaze had the top 50 MCs and stuff like that. Um, do you think that those were trolly too? Do you think that those were similar to how it was now where those media outlets, more important than the integrity of the list, they wanted your response to get you to talk about them, which eventually led to you going to uh, a gas station and buying the magazine or did were they under the idea or under the school that putting together a great list would in turn just drive convert that the integrity of the list would still drive a conversation 
does the conversation have to be negative or controversial in order for more eyes to be on your product? Or is that something that's just been birthed in our in our culture more recently within the last 10, 15 years? A couple things here. This is a complicated question. Um, it is. So the media, like the, the type of media that was out was very different, right? With magazines, you know, where your the media cycle was, it wasn't like, oh, we're trying to generate like a really quick attention. Then maybe, then eventually when the counter controversy happens, like has anybody written the, oh no, actually Ray Shremmerd is the number three album of the year blog post yet? Or are we still waiting on that? Again, I haven't, I haven't been on Twitter, so I don't right. know. Like you could see, like it's such a predictable cycle of how these things work. And now part of that is because people get outraged and this is all meant to drive like attention because that's what they want is your attention, right? So in the nineties, they wanted a list that would get you to read, right? And in some cases it's because, oh, this is my favorite like artist who's on it. In some cases it's, they want you to debate, like they want you to debate, right? Like the other thing that's complicated about the nineties is like, especially, I mean, especially considering what we know now about the source and how that all went down. Like when you think of like the 98 source cover, there were definitely that, that famous cover where there's a whole bunch of, you know, the dudes who was theoretically up next. There was a lot of suspect, like, Hmm, there's always like, like one or two people who were like, Hmm, really? Are they in this like category? Who? Do I have to say his name? Yes. Silk the shocker. Lies. <laughs> I was See? just listening. This funny. is why Hold they up. do it. But this, no, but this is, this is the difference though. I think that especially with with Silk, there was a few factors. Number one, No Limit was a thing in 1998. Right. Um, Silk had it ain't my fault. So we had records. Terrible um, records. See, here's the thing. Right. So hold on, hold on, okay, hold on, okay, hold on, hold on. Okay. So remember New York. Okay, so remember hip hop media was very New York. This is where I was going. Thank you. Okay, so so what New York used to try and do and what is a very hilarious time in hip hop is when they would sort of extend an olive branch to the South. That's how I still think of hip hop. Is that bad? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Hip hop is very universal now. I think they're thinking, I think the mentality of hip hop is very New York and by New York, I mean very small minded and controlling and this is what hip hop is. And if it's anything outside of that, then it's wrong. It's because hip hop lives here, man. Man. No. (laughs) No, hip hop is the Stay Puff Marshmallow and it just walks and knocks down wherever it pleases or whatever. There's just certain cities that it likes more than others. Um, I, see, I, I, I hear you. I hear you. So, so let, let me. Oh, oh okay. Hold okay. on. Last point. Last point. Last point. So, so when he goes, so they used to extend the olive branch. And so we're like, all right, so we have to include a Southern artist. Yes. We have to include the South because the South is making too much noise for us to not include them. So who's the first name that we think of? No Limit Records. Who's the young guy out of No Limit who has hits and is like a face of the label? Silk the Shocker. At the time, it made sense. Go ahead. So you just proved my point, right? So the point is that, and you answered your question, right? I think, which is that they choose these, I think that they choose these lists, not, I don't think it's to troll. I think the idea, so because hip hop was so regional at that time still, the idea was you want for anybody in the U.S. to be able to look at that and identify somebody who they're like, yeah. Like, remember Corrupt was on that list, even though he had already had the dog food and like he wasn't as new as these other guys, but they needed somebody from the West Coast. Because they needed that West Coast kid to look at this magazine and go, yeah, Corrupt me, but why did, like, they want them to pick it up. Right. Right. And and, and They, they they didn't sit there and go, us Maybe it's a bias, but they didn't sit there and go, us with our biased New York mindset, 
who are the 10 dudes we want to put on this list. Corrupt's not making that list. Yeah. Right? No, I mean, but remember, this is 1998, so this is uh, uh, corruption. I know that, but I'm... I, Silk the Shocker, like if you're if you're a New York head in '98, you're not putting Silk the Shocker on any list. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, so I think that I think that I think that back then, it, yes, part of it was like we got to get one of. It's like I need the token, I need the token Southern guy, I need the token sure. West Coast guy. I agree. Right. Okay. I agree. So I think that now what you see because there is now a generational split in hip hop, mm-hmm. right? The youngins are, are obviously there's always new, new you know. There's always going to be another fresh round of teenagers who are listening to hip hop, but the old heads haven't given up yet. The old heads are still here. So I think Ray Schrembert is the token. We got to give these kids something, right? Because you sit here with a list full of old man rap icons, then who's, I haven't even looked at this. I haven't even looked at it either. I'm I'm being hypothetical. I'm (laughs) saying if Ebro makes his list. Oh, okay. 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 Right. And it's just, you know, this and this, and let me give new, let me, you know, up, you know, I don't even know who we put on it because I don't know. I'm saying like, I, I think that some of the motivation, yes, is we want to get people's attention. But I think part of that comes down to like headlines and how you push it out and how you tweet it out and stuff like that. Like, I think in general, I think there's still some of that. I'm trying to give a nod to this. Like I'm 30, like some of those people look like they were in their thirties, but they're sitting here talking about like, yeah, you know, I go out and I listen to, to like Ray Schremer when I'm like going to the club or whatever. And part of me is like, really, really, really? But then maybe it is. But like, I, I still think there's some of that, like, you know, Alabama shakes is on their list as an example, right? And for them, it's like, oh, this is the rock group that's really successful. Right. And, they, and, they, and they happen to have an African-American lady singing that's in the complex. Boom, boom, boom. Let's throw it on. Now, granted, I actually love that album, and I'll talk about it next week when we do our end of the year list. But like, do you know what I mean? I feel some of it yeah. is they're picking like they're picking spots, like they're picking demographics. Absolutely. And I think that it's it's like a... It's affirmative. It's it's affirmative action for, you know, shots <laughs> of Foxy Brown in her in her math. It's affirmative action for... I was, the, other, the other week, I, I actually, I like made... God bless my wife. I made my wife. I was like, I was listening to it, it was written. And I was like, hold on, hold on. I need you to listen to this math and try to make sense of it. And I, I you know, I hyped it all up. I was like, first of all, this song's great. But, you know, we're getting to it. And she's like, huh? So then I had to like break it, you know. Basically, I extra nerded out over. Anyway, no, it's like they're picking these spots for, oh, we got to have this thing on the list. We got to have this thing on the list. Like, you know, oh, Future had a big year. Better make sure he's on the list. Like, I don't know if they're individually sitting there and going, what did I actually love the most? Right. Because I think part of it, too, is like when when you report on music for a living, or in our case, we don't do it for a living, but like we listen to a wider variety of new hip hop, I think, than almost anybody that that I certainly anybody I know in their thirties does. Like we right. listen to lots of new stuff. You do. <laughs> <laughs> I make you listen to lots of new yeah, stuff. Yeah, some of that stuff. Yeah, I, this year I've been like, no. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like, I, I think also when you're in the media and you are trying to make these lists, like you're a weird representation of what the average person your age has exposure to for music. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're going to events, they're getting the CDs, like they're on the same sort of side. Oh, this album came out, we should re- listen and review and talk about it. So I think it's a I think it's a combination of like they're trying to get all these different spots. I think part of it is short. They want people to talk about their article. Cuz I'll tell you the worst thing that would happen for Complex if they put out a, a top 50 and everybody said, "Yeah, sure. Seems fine." And they moved on to the next thing. That whole Have thing you- with Ebro did them a huge favor. Right, but Think about it though. Have you ever seen a list where people were like, "Yeah, 
That's about right. The closest thing was what? The the albums that the source should have gave five mics to? It was more so like, whoa, you didn't give these five mics? Right. But I will say there's definitely got to be some, there's a, there's a smidge of some, you call it trollery. I'll call it, they're trying to be cute. You know, oh, wow. They put Meek's album just in front of What a Time to Be Alive. Hmm. But those are con- those are conversation pieces. Right. They want conversation, conversation starters. Right. Because, well, okay. They had First that Wale album. In fr- See, I'm, I'm actually looking at this list. This is a terrible list. Okay, what's on it? They they had the Wale album ahead of Compton. Okay. They had Diddy's mixtape ahead of Travis Scott Rodeo. People really like that Diddy project. People are really, we still, I still get comments about us not liking that Diddy project. People really, really like that. I listened to No Way Out yesterday too. Dope album. Dope album. Including Can't Nobody Hold Me Down. Great single. They um, had the ASAP Rocky album at number seven. Yeah, okay. But that's... This is my point about music. They had Lupe enlarged. at eleven. Hold See, on, hold on, hold right, on. I'm sorry. Now you got me. Now you got me sidetracked. Keep going. Right, keep going. So this, this is, this is the point. It's not about often. I'm not going to say in general, but often it's not about the album. It's about what the album represents. So you have to look at the whole story of Lupe's album and why it's at eleven. It's really Do at I? eleven. Uh, hold on, hold on. It's at eleven because number one, everybody loved Mural. Number two. Everybody wants Lupe to win, and he put out an album that wasn't terrible, and that people didn't that people talked about for longer than two days. Because prior prior to this album, what did we talk about? Food and Liquor Two. Who? Exactly. So people, I think that I think that there's a, I think complex. In addition, I think every good hipster has a smidge of troll in them, <laughs> and hit and complex is like hipster pop culture. They're so, not even really hipster. They're too they're too pop for hipster. But that's what I'm you. saying. Like so they have us but they have a smidge of hipster which contains their troll, but their trollery is like more than a smidge. I, it's, I, it's it's a glass. I see it as trying to be contrarian, trying to be a little too cute for your own good. It's like, come on. Like, all right, I get it. You're trying to take the oh no, actually, this album was better than you think. Like it's that sort of thing, and it's like, mm, mm no. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I I know that there's no accounting for tastes in some of these things. Like, you know, people have their own opinions and everything like that. But that's but actually what makes it interesting. This isn't one person's list. This is theoretically like stuff that they all like talked about and agreed on and walked away with. Yeah. Now, I, the Puff thing like, is another interesting thing. Like, I don't want to get too much into what we're going to talk about next week, but people want Puff to come back. Right. They are all in on the Puff re- on, on the on the Puffy return and nobody bothered to tell them that the mixtape was eh. But it wasn't about the music. It's about the idea. It's Puff Daddy making music with the locks and Lil' Kim and the Hitman and pretty much everybody who was involved or a good chunk of people who were involved with No Way Out. And the music isn't terrible. It's not trash. No, it's not terrible, but So if it's not trash, then it, it fulfills all of the other ideas and bullet points that we want Puff to do. So it's great. So it's really good. If the best my heroes can do is to not make trash music, I'm cool. Like, I don't need that. That's you. But there, <laughs> this is this is the mindset of that list hmm. and a lot of lists, because when you garner these conversations, now you get into the business side of it. When you get these conversations going, this drives traffic to their page and this just makes complex and billboard and sites like this who who make these lists more money. Well, that, I, but I, that's, I mean, that's the that's the job. 
Like they're right, right, to, right. But that's but that's what I'm saying. So n- since I have since I understand that, I don't get mad at these lists, right? Because it's not even about the integrity. It's about what can I do to make you give me your money, to give me your clicks, right? But I don't know. I don't think that's anything new. I mean, cover you know. In the 90s. It's obviously all, new because people are still getting upset about it. People haven't grasped that concept yet. In the 90s. That, that's what makes people me mad think, more so than than the actual, uh, than the list themselves. Like, y'all don't, you, you don't see it? You don't the, see the business side of it's it? It's not even just the lists. Like, when we grew up, you know, waiting for that new source cover to come out, do people think that the source sat around and said, who's our favorite person who hasn't been on the cover this month? They think that the label had nothing to do with it. They think that the promotion dollars had nothing to do with it. They think the fact that they were thinking who can sell the most had nothing to do with it. Like, do people think that this is how the world works? Yes. Good. Yes. No, because if they did, if they didn't, then there would not be outrage. Like when in the, even a newspaper, they will specifically write a headline. The point of the headline is to get you, we're talking a real physical old school newspaper, to absolutely pick up that paper and be like, yeah, I'm going to buy this because I want to read this because the it's interesting, right? They didn't absolutely. write the most the most technically correct, truthful headline because if that's not absolutely. the most exciting, that's, what the, that's the whole point. That's how media works. Absolutely. That's why they have trailers for movies. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's why they have commercials for TV shows. The point is to get you to pay attention. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I say all that to say, and again, what bothered me the most was just that people don't understand that concept. Like this is how all of this works. You think they, you think that like you almost have to put, and, and this is the very divisive thing about a project like To Pimp a Butterfly. Ugh. There's a lot of people who don't like that album. I'm okay with that. And yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, man, it's like once you hit 30, you're just like, your, your, I don't care level is just, just like skyrocket. Like, I'm not I'm not at that stage where I'm going to argue with everybody about my opinion. I mean, we spent that back in the so days. <laughs> We're on forums arguing with everybody trying to get people to understand and agree with our opinion. It's like, you know what? If you don't like the album, don't like it. That's great. I understand that it's heavy. I understand that it's different from 97% of the stuff that's out right now. But I feel like there's also this, and this is coming off the conversation that we had with Jay Givens last episode about the Grammys, where there's a, sort of an obligation that people feel like they need to give to Pimp a Butterfly these amazing accolades because of what it represented. So maybe I didn't like the album, but I do like what it represents. So because of that, it's the hip hop album of the year that I don't respect. Right. If you don't like the album, then just say I didn't like the album. No, I, I, let me put it this way. I don't think there's any album that got more. Let me listen to this a couple more times just to make sure I get it all the way than the Pimple Butterfly. People who will skim yeah. through any other album and then render a judgment, they yep. gave to Pimple Butterfly a lot of chances. Yeah. Because they felt like they had to. Or felt because like this is, oh, he, man, he's working with jazz influences. He's got real musicians. Boy, I better pay attention to this project. There's a lot of that floating around. I think, I think it was like that with D'Angelo's project too. Hmm. It's the first D'Angelo album since Voodoo. And keep in mind, we couldn't understand 97% of those lyrics until he put the lyrics out. It's true. And yet, Really Love is still a great song. And There's great, that's what I'm, there's great songs on there, but I felt like the D'Angelo album received a lot of its accolades, again, because of what it represented. It's an artist that we love. Except, and- except it was in D'Angelo's wheelhouse. Like, it's not like he was all of us. Like, with Kendrick, it was, oh, you know, 
he's if you if he's you doing Kendrick, the, he's doing the mature rapper thing, and now nah, he's working with musicians. Like, but that's always been in Kendrick's wheelhouse. Terrace Martin didn't just pop up on September Butterfly. He's always had musicianship on his project. He has, but it's remarkably different. Remarkably what? different. I mean, you get that. I mean, you get that. You get that Interscope bag. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna call in all my musician friends too. You know what I'm saying? But I I, I say that to say it wasn't so far left. And and the same thing with D'Angelo. And I'm not speaking against D'Angelo, the no, artist. No. I'm talking about the mindset of the listener who is seeing all these D'Angelo heads go crazy. Yo, this album is dope. There's this, there's this. This is what I've been waiting on. It also didn't help that D'Angelo had a story. He's disappeared. Sure. He's been fighting demons. This is, and of course, America, we've talked about this on the show at length. America loves the comeback kid. So here's D'Angelo finally coming back with an album. And it's a layered album, like To Pimp a Butterfly, like some other projects that will probably be on my list this year. And because we can't grasp it immediately, like the majority of music, now it's like, okay, we have to listen to it because it's not, you know, 80 BPM. It's not, it's not chant heavy. It's music. So I'm supposed to like it. Those are the... I've always said that about your Amy Winehouses, your Adele's. Like, I'm not into those artists. And I feel like a lot of people like those artists because they feel like they have to. Because they represent something. Anthony Hamilton, like, these are people who can sing. They, they, they are carrying on a tradition of music. They're paying homage to other artists that have long been championed in our culture. So by all intents and purposes, they are hitting every dot. That says, I'm supposed to like this person. But you know what? I don't like their music. And and if you don't, is something weird about that where people are like, are you serious? Why don't you, you don't, you don't like Amy Winehouse because she sounds like Motown. And she does it. I love Motown. I don't like Amy Winehouse. So I think that's what happens with a lot of, not a lot, but enough of music currently. And you know, and the, these, the, the new thing is, are you, do you have one song where you've decided to, to say something remotely politically charged? Absolutely. Well, now I gotta love that song. Absolutely. Never mind Absolutely. the rest of my album. <laughs> I mean, it's, I'm it's, heavily it's, foreshadowing my feelings about this Pusha T project, but like you know, it's it's the God song at the end of all the albums. So it's mm. it's R. Kelly dry humping the air for 17 tracks, and at the end is Heaven. I need a hug. Well, I think I don't know. I think I mean yes, kind of, but I think that there is. I don't know. I certainly never felt like people. F- I, I never really saw that people felt like oh, that's an like that's a record that we kind of need. Like, whereas, I don't know. And we'll talk when it, we get to this. I think there's, too, there's, a, there's a difference because I think those type of records, the God records are more of a personal conviction. What's going on in our culture right now with race relations is such a crazy yeah, topic. Yeah, yeah. And on top of that, let's keep it real, the business side of it. There's a lot of money in, in that ideology right now. So let's go this way because now I can perform at rallies. I can perform in marches. I can go here. I can get this crowd who normally wouldn't listen to me. And now they're going to come to my show and they're going to spend money on me because I made this politically charged record. I don't know if I'm not, I don't know if I'm quite that cynical, but I'm also just not really ready to fall, like trip over myself to congratulate somebody for, for doing this. Not at all. Especially okay. not, especially if this is, I'm not going to say if this is your first time because people, you know, it, it sometimes it takes people a while to sort of, you know, find things and, and, you know, their eyes be open to certain things that they sure. may be passionate about. I get that. That I don't have any problem with that. I, I would but, say the biggest thing is, is it a like start square one? Like, is it a good song? Okay. Now let's talk about what it represents. Like, 
people have it flipped. They're like, oh, they talked about this on this song. And it's like, right. yeah, but it's not a good song. Who cares? Right. It's always about the music. Is it? <laughs> it's a great, that'd be a great, we should just end side A like that. Um. Anyway, anything else you want to say about uh, end of the year? So it, it's funny, we said all that. And yet, are we doing an end of the year episode in a week? Listen. We, we a little hypocritical here? No, because Clock Radio Speakers started with an end of the year list. That's true. <laughs> episode zero. Yeah, episode zero is what, 2010? 2010. 2010. So I, I think the difference is, and I'm just going to champion our show, is that we have absolutely no reason, no agenda. Yep. We don't sell ads. We don't. <laughs> no. No. And even even if we get to the point where we are selling ads and we're, we're making income off of this show, I won't do it. I'll quit the show before I do it. Mm. I'll quit. I'll, I'll, I'll shut down the whole cookie operation. I won't do it because it's, it's just we've spent the last five years gaining the respect of our listeners. And there are people who really take what we say to heart. And just because a couple of dollars get in my pocket, I'm suddenly just supposed to change that. Because there's different eyes. And I even struggled with that a few years ago. Now there's different eyes on the, on the product. There's different eyes and ears on the show. So maybe I need to change up what I say because I don't want to offend my political connects. Nah, my political connects have no problem with offending me. So why, why should I, you know what I'm saying, show, offer them that courtesy as well? You're listening to the show because of what we say. So with that being said, I'm looking forward to next year's list. I have not seen Doc's list. We have not had, we've had very sparing conversations about what's on your list, what's that. So everything that you hear is, if you're new to this show and with 4th District, I think, yeah, we've been with them for less than a year, right? Yeah. yeah so yeah. this is, this will be the first time our 4th District listeners will be, you know, hearing our lists. It's very much like our album reviews where I don't, there's very little, shoot, this Pusha T out might be the first project that we talked about more than normal before reviewing it on the show. Um, so it, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. This is probably the best time of the year. And I start making my list like in July <laughs> and just sort of move it around as it goes along. So I'm looking forward to next week. It, sh- it should, it should be dope. All right. I think that pretty much does it for, uh, Oh, one more thing we can do on side a before we get to this push of tea. Okay. Your man, Terrius Nash. <sighs> okay. What happened? Puts out, would you call it an EP? A SoundCloud collection of songs? It's a SoundCloud I mean, you, playlist. You sent it to me. I didn't I didn't really I didn't see it, so my man Terrius Nash, professionally known as the Dream, has decided to do like eight Sam Cook covers and put them on SoundCloud. Eight. Armand, have you you haven't listened to any of these yet, right? Nah. Can you can you do me a favor for the for the good people of Clack Radio Speakers? Alright, hold on. Let me pull up what you what you text me. Yeah. So this is live. This is live response. I don't know why you like torture me like this. This is I just I just want to hear your response to one of these records. Eh, eh. <laughs> if you ever change your mind about leaving, leaving okay. So that's probably the best one. Of course you send me the best one. Of course you so you didn't send me the funny one. Is there a funny one? Oh, he's he does chain gang. <laughs> I really just imagine <laughs> I really just imagine Dream doing a twist to this. 
Uh, one of the lowest points in my life is watching Chubby Checker perform on MSNBC oh, no. on, on Mike Huckabee's show. Oh, I was oh. Just, in, just in I was just in shock. Like I was just flipping through the station. It was like, why is Chubby Checker? He still has his shag from the sixties. It's just dry. Oh, chubby. and he was doing the he was doing the twist. Hey man, hey man. Here, here's what get, here's what gets me about this little dream thing. Like <laughs> this little dream, this thing? little dream thing. Like he he's singing. This is like this is the sort of stuff that you would like hear when people are like auditioning for American Idol. Like he's just singing over the same instrumental. He's this is like Terry Nash karaoke. Mm-mm. He doesn't even. There's not like let's recreate. Let's do something different. Like he really is just out there singing Sam Cook covers. Oh right. Mm-mm-mm-mm. I mean, you know, let him rock out. Oh. I heard it. I, I heard it. In the, I heard the first one, and I was like, "Oh, this might be interesting." Then I was like, "Change gonna come." I'm like, mm. "I don't want to hear Dream singing Change gonna come." <laughs> that, but that's a record that I don't want to hear anybody else sing. And yeah, you totally made me forget about those those American Idol records that, under most circumstances, nobody would sing. But for whatever reason, they're the they're the judge as to whether this this person that we're going to make into a pop star can sing. You, you you should probably, you could listen to, let's see, hmm, should I have you listen to Everybody Loves the Cha-Cha or Twist the Night Away? No, 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 I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Come on. I'm One not going to do it. One more. Fam, my, my, my father, I, I grew up on Sam Cooke and I, I can't, there's... <laughs> There's a level of respect that I have for Sam Cooke. And I like the dream. The dream's mm. my guy, too. Which one do you want me to hear? Let's do Everybody Loves to Cha-Cha. Uh, I don't see it. It's, n- it's number five in the playlist. It's right after Cupid. Oh, there it is. Okay. Everybody loves to cha-cha-cha. <laughs> Little children love to cha-cha-cha. They like to cha-cha-cha. They like to cha-cha-cha. Everybody likes to cha cha cha. I can't. I know. See, this is this is the problem. I'm I'm proving people correct by saying that we hate on everything. This is funny. I don't think it's funny. You don't think it's funny? Nah, I think it's <laughs> not funny. I'm not gonna listen to it. <laughs> but I don't think it's funny. Like it'd be different if now if if the dream was like covering Michael Bolton records. Like if he was singing, you know, how am I supposed to live without you? That would be hilarious. <laughs> now I have that song stuck in <laughs> Which one? Michael Bolton, How Am I Supposed to Live Without You? You know what that is, right? Yeah. Not- Yo. That would balls. be right. That, that would be kind of funny. I heard this today and I was just like. I'm about to pull this up. <laughs> See, now I feel like this just makes me, makes me sound like a really mean person. You are a mean person. <laughs> I only critique because I appreciate it. See, this is what happened. So Michael Bolton reminds me of Samson. Because when he cut his hair, he like lost all of his power. Michael Bolton couldn't miss in 90, 91. Couldn't happen. It was a different time. Bars, what? What? Oh. (laughs) I just need to hear the hook. If if you don't close your eyes when you sing along with that, you're not Yo, a real, you're not a real my G. Eyes were closed. Stop <laughs> playing. <laughs> ah, yes. And on that note, 
This concludes side A of this week's Clyde Radio Speakers. Uh, on side B, we're going to break down this Pusha T project. Uh, so join us there. Check us out on ClydeRadioSpeakers.com, our SoundCloud, and on 4thDistrict.com. We hope you enjoyed side A of this week's episode. Please check out side B at ClackRadioSpeakers.com.